Welcome to Food Marketing Nerds, your weekly serving of marketing advice and industry insights with the smartest minds in the business. Here's your host, Alex Osterley. What is up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in, and we have a fun show for you today. It's a little change of pace. We have Blue Bear's own social media strategist, Emily Larson. Emily has spent her career in social and digital marketing, and today we're discussing opportunities and watchouts in social media for food and beverage brands. In this episode, you'll hear how platforms are catering to the rise in e-commerce, what to keep in mind before investing more in TikTok, why CPG brands shouldn't sleep on Pinterest, and plenty more. I should caveat this by saying this episode is being recorded in late August of 2020, and with how quickly social media changes. If you happen to be listening back on this episode, the window of arbitrage from being an early adopter to certain features may have already closed. So what I'm trying to say is social media changes very quickly. So the landscape may look a little bit different depending on when you are tuning into this episode. And now that that's out of the way, let's get into the episode. All right, Emily, thank you for joining us on our own podcast. Thanks for having me. Definitely. So for context, for our listeners, can you tell us just a little about your background, how you got into your current role? Absolutely. I started my career in social media marketing and advertising pretty much at the same time. Back in 2014, I started working at the Zimmerman Agency, which is a full service advertising and PR agency in the social department and really just delved right in to acting as the brand voice for a variety of different brands on social. Really enjoyed the direct consumer engagement as well as being behind the scenes for actually creating the content from developing what the visuals look like as well as writing copy. And from there, took my talents to Sandals Resorts International and moved from an agency to an in-house setting, which I think really helps give me perspective on all aspects of advertising and worked very closely with influencers in that role. Had my experience with PR and event management as well. And again, heavily involved with consumer engagement, community management, and worked very closely mostly to build communities for the Sandals and Beaches brands. Got a lot of experience with reputation and crisis management as well. And from there, moved back to an agency, missed the agency life and ended up expanding my talents a little bit beyond social and digital marketing at Vectra Digital, where I was a digital marketing specialist and pretty much working in a very small agency, managing all aspects of our clients' marketing mix from PR to email marketing, website copywriting to help with SEO, as well as social media marketing, content management, and community management. So a little bit of everything. And then after that, dove a little bit back into the in-house environment at Chico's and more of a PR social hybrid role. Again, working very closely with influencers, executing international and national events. And then I ended up moving moving to Colorado and I've joined the team at Blue Bear a little over a year ago. Really grew to love strategy strategy in this role. So kind of taking all of my experiences that I just touched on from my love for influencer marketing, community management, general content management, campaigns, um, and then expanding into brand strategy. So here I am today. And that's pretty much the rundown on my background. I don't know. You really have a great pulse when it comes to goings on on social media, both on food and beverage industry and just what's happening on the platforms themselves. So what are some of the biggest changes that you've seen in social media marketing in the last few months or in the last year or so that are really having an impact for food and beverage brands? 
I would definitely say there's more of an increased need for immediacy. So now more than ever, social media marketers need to keep a constant ear to the ground and know what's happening, not only in the social world, but in the world in general. Social platforms have also shifted for different tools that they've rolled out, really with the emphasis on providing users with inspiration and connection. So for example, YouTube has launched a Learn at Home channel to help provide users with educational resources. And Pinterest has launched a Today tab to help inspire pinners every day. And Instagram has launched co-watching. So we're seeing not only that need for immediacy, but platform updates with that focus on bringing people together and to inspire people. Additionally, I, I really have seen brands move away from talking at people and really just that direct product-focused advertising and have shifted to being more focused on delivering content that provides value. So thinking back to the beginning, pre-COVID time, I could speak from experience at Blue Bear, we had these well-researched, well-thought-out media strategies. And we had to constantly reevaluate what we had developed before this world had changed. The consumer problem was shifting, especially as digital behavior rapidly changed. So we had to really think about what our role is in society at that time. And we never wanted to feel tone deaf or that we were talking at our consumer. So we were reevaluating our content calendars daily, looking at what do our campaigns look like. Imagery and visuals were big. For example, a post that featured bare hands near a plate that probably wouldn't have been well received at the beginning of COVID. So we really just had to offer a helping hand to our audience as we navigated uncharted territory. Instead of featuring more product-focused ads, we leaned more into recipes, knowing that, especially for our CPG brands, baking and cooking at home was becoming insanely popular at that time. How has that influenced your mindset or approach to social in general. Now more than ever, it's so important to never just set and forget your strategy. From tactical hands-on campaign management to overarching brand strategy, we're seeing that the world is continuing to evolve. So like I said, social media marketers know that the landscape is constantly changing, but I've seen more changes more than ever in the last six months. So looking at what's trending today, what's going on in the world, and continuing to be ingrained in these current events, thinking about our audience's mindset and offer what might be most relevant to our audience at that time, such as resources or even a lighthearted distraction. Do you think people are starting to get over the messaging that's speaking directly to COVID? Or how have you seen audiences interact or engage with the woe is me or 2020 sucks type messaging? So we've recently seen, especially with our younger consumers, Gen Z and younger millennials, they've really taken the humorous approach at this point. We've seen an influx of memes pop up, especially as we're moving into August about what's really coming next. So there is that humorous angle that a lot of people have taken. We've all seen those 2020 versus me memes. And then again, on the other side, I think everyone is sick of hearing the word unprecedented and unprecedented times. I think the overt COVID messaging and that we're all in this together at this point has become a little bit stale. However, I've seen a shift with the less obvious. For example, some brands have offered virtual summer camps knowing that kids weren't able to go to camps this summer. So I've seen that those indirect ways of of providing value that aren't as focused on the brand or product are resonating more than ever than the overt messages where brands are just sharing that they're here to help or thanking people. A lot of people want to see brands put their money where their mouth is. And instead of just coming forth and, and thanking frontline workers, for example, they want to see what are you actually doing to support them? 
So in your role, I know that you are on the forefront of new features that different brands can take advantage of or be first to market to if it makes sense for their brand. But are there any features on many number of platforms that brands can be on that are piquing your interest? We've seen a lot of conversation happening around Facebook and a lot of brands have paused spending on Facebook due to the stop hate for profit movement, political unrest in the country. And with those recent current events, we've looked and constantly evaluated what other platforms are out there, regardless of our stance on the boycott. So we've seen for our CPG brands specifically, Pinterest has been an extremely effective tool for driving website traffic, especially knowing that historically, we have allocated more budget to the more popular social networks that align with our target demographics, such as Facebook and Instagram. But we've actually seen even with that minimal budget, Pinterest is a very successful vehicle in driving direct response. People want to discover information about new products on Pinterest, and they find branded content to be extremely useful. So Pinterest is a tool that we've really been looking at to expand upon lately. And one exciting new ad unit that Pinterest has that is especially useful for CPG brands is those shoppable experiences. So digital carding is a new feature that Pinterest offers. It's an integration with Basketful that really allows for brands to have their pin eliminate one less step for the conversion process. Basically what it is, it's a targeted pin and every product available on the pin, you can literally add to your digital grocery cart and have that delivered to your door. So that's something that we're looking to expand upon. Similarly, Google Discovery ads are a new ad unit that was also rolled out to the United States a few months ago. And what's really great about Google Discovery ads are that your placements are shared in high-reaching applications such as the Gmail inbox, Google search, and the targeting is similar to Facebook and Instagram. So you have a lot of the similar targeting parameters and allow your message to be expanded even beyond social. When it comes to Pinterest, kind of circling back here, what best practices or tips do you have to offer as far as what makes an ideal Pinterest ad? Well, pinners are looking to action on the content that they're seeking out on the platform. So those DIY actionable pieces of content are what's extremely useful on the platform. So recipes, we lean heavily into recipes, knowing that a large volume of pinners are using the platform to discover exactly that. The branded content lends seamlessly with the platform. The ads are nowhere near as invasive as they are on other platforms. So I would say when you're approaching that Pinterest content, really making sure that you have inspiration at the forefront of the concept. In terms of design, it's important to be thinking vertically and designing for mobile. We know that 85% of Pinterest users are accessing the platform on their mobile device. And then as far as the content goes, highlighting those brand benefits. So what makes your brand stand out from competitors? And you should be highlighting these benefits on Pinterest. Aligning the seasonal moments. So a lot of Pinterest users look to the platform for inspiration for holiday, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and that sort of thing. We've actually seen holiday searches rise in July as pinners are looking ahead for the future. They're really thinking with that future mindset. And pins with content specific to moments actually had 11% higher aided awareness. Including call-outs on the pin will really allow your content to stand 
stand out. So that's really a great place to lean into text overlay and then having that actionable CTA. We really want to make sure that our brand voices are continued on the platform as well. And really just, again, designing with that DIY mindset, thinking about lists and highlighting versatility for products. That's proven to be very successful for our CPG brands. For example, the many uses for one bottle of taco sauce or the variety of dishes you can make with one package of frozen corn, for example. So when it comes to copy, I know Instagram, Facebook, there are some nuances and you want to aim for punchiness. When it comes to Pinterest, though, I've seen slight differences. Can you speak to that at all? We know that copy on different platforms, typically social copy should be short, punchy. You should really be communicating your message in as few words as possible while, of course, staying in the brand voice guidelines. However, on Pinterest, actually, the longer descriptions that you have, the better. Similar to how SEO works, you want to include as many keywords within your pin description as possible. Thinking about what pinners may be searching and those keywords to allow your pin to have even wider reach. So descriptions can be as long as 500 characters. And we see that's way longer than what we would recommend for Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, of course. And then additionally, pins have titles. So thinking about what's going to get this pinner to click on my pin, providing context, of course, and then making sure that your pin corresponds with a landing page, really making sure that there's cohesion between what the pin copy says and then where that pin is driving your audience. So especially over the past few months, TikTok has really risen to the top. And I guess it's gone through this tumultuous news cycle of being one of the most popular or the most popular app in the app store to potentially being banned. What's your take on TikTok in general? And should brands consider that given a potential of no longer being around? That's a great question. So we're seeing all of this back and forth between our political leader as well as where will that app be in a few months? I think that's the question that that's on everyone's minds right now. Will TikTok even be available in the US come October? We've seen that TikTok has really opened up and set the bar even higher for brands to create content that is purely authentic. There really isn't a place on the platform for content that feels forced. We've seen brands such as the Washington Post, which of course isn't a CPG or restaurant brand, but is a great example because this is a newspaper company. And we've seen them take such a creative approach to the platform and really forcing content content creators to think outside of the box. So TikTok is great because it's unique in that sense. Additionally, where is it going to be in a few months? So we're thinking about Reels and Instagram and Facebook is really trying to compete with TikTok in that space. I've seen more TikTok ads now than ever trying to get marketers to invest in their ad platform and trying to even bribe TikTok creators with even more monetary compensation to keep them on that platform. So it's this battle that we're seeing between the greatest social network, Facebook, and by greatest, I really mean largest, (laughs) and TikTok, which is the new kid on the block that has really stolen the spotlight. So we've also seen Reels launch recently and Facebook has offered creators even more money to get them over to Reels. So we've really seen more and more creators move on over to Instagram and leverage the Reels platform. We'll just have to wait and see what'll happen in the next couple of months, but definitely seeing increased usage of the new Reels platform. We've also read a lot about the second coming of Vine 
Byte, which is somewhat similar to TikTok and Reels. So we're actually seeing a lot of TikTok creators duplicate their content on that platform as well. So I would say that we'll definitely have to keep a close eye on Byte, Reels, and if TikTok, depending on how things play out between Microsoft and TikTok itself, come October, this all may change and TikTok may even continue to grow. It's grown so rapidly over the last year and people don't want to see it go. It's interesting to see a lot of creators that are making TikTok first content and then publishing it across the different platforms that are direct imitations. It's just interesting. It's kind of permeating the platforms, not just in reels or in the spaces that are intended to imitate or capture that same user base, but in the feeds across all different platforms. So interesting how TikTok is not only growing in leaps and bounds as far as its user base, but how it's influencing content across all platforms. Definitely. We're seeing that content duplicated, not only on Instagram, as you were saying, but I've seen clips duplicated even on YouTube into sizzle reels or something like that. So these creators are really looking to expand their message beyond the platform itself. It's been a tumultuous year. There have been plenty of changes, a lot of bad press when it comes to social media, Facebook in particular. But where do you see things headed in the next six months? What are some things to keep in mind for brands in the industry? Looking ahead at the rest of the year, we have the holiday season coming up and no one really knows what that will look like. We're seeing actually millennials are presenting the biggest e-commerce opportunity for this holiday season. The majority of 13 to 39 year olds have been purchasing online more than they ever have in the past. And over half of that population won't be comfortable shopping in stores and potentially in restaurants come holiday. Millennials are more committed to shopping online in the future than any other generation. So definitely thinking about how can you digitize your presence as much as possible, knowing that a lot of e-commerce and beyond that, a variety of industries will be impacted based on what's coming up the rest of the year. We'll definitely continue to see these platforms change. So is Reels the next big thing? What's going to happen to TikTok? We really don't know yet. So making sure that your strategy isn't rooted in just one platform. And then additionally, making sure that you really understand who your core audience is and what platforms they're on. So understanding those platforms demographic will go hand in hand with what predictions are to come for the rest of the year. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Emily. Where can people go if they want to get in touch or find out more? For sure. You can email me at emily at blueberrycreative.co. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. And we also put together a monthly trend report that covers a lot of the topics that we went over today and how they relate to the food and beverage industry. You can download these for free at foodmarketingnerds.com forward slash trend hyphen report. Amazing. Thank you so much, Emily. We will have to schedule another time to check in, maybe make this a recurring event. We'll check in on the latest trends and what's happening in the social media landscape. So thank you. Would love that. Thank you so much. And that is going to wrap up our conversation with Emily today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you enjoy this type of episode, let us know. We're considering adding it as a recurring segment. So if you don't enjoy this type of interview, also let us know. That's valuable information for us. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll throw those links in the show notes. So feel free to check it out. And as always, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Head to foodmarketingnerds.com for show notes and other great resources. We will talk to you all next week. Food Marketing Nerds is a production of Blue Bear Creative. For interview transcripts and other downloadable resources, head to foodmarketingnerds.com.